Jones. Murphy, the veteran, the sidestep, the banana, Mark Murphy! Might have no choice. It starts right, it swings back. What a goal! Hello, welcome back to the Unlucky Blues podcast. My name's Luke. Joined with me today is JB and Tass. Blues fresh off a nine-point loss to the Giants in what was probably the most frustrating game of the year, definitely my point of view anyway. Tass, how are you feeling after what is now definitely the season-ending loss for the Blues? I am... Look, straight after the game, extremely disappointed, frustrated that we couldn't hang on. Um, Obviously, you know, we know how to beat good teams, just don't know how to finish against good teams, which is the most important thing. Um, Yeah, look, it was just frustrating. The more that we had 42 inside 50s for one goal, but I'm sure JB will get into that later, considering he's massive on that stat. Um, yeah, look, just wasn't wasn't pretty last quarter. Same as Collingwood, I guess, sort of thing. What about you, Luke? Yeah, uh, you summed it up. I mean, I was going to go on about a bit later, but may as well now. We've been going on for weeks. No reward for effort, no reward for effort. But the thing is, I look at... Um, I look at Walsh, I look at Cripps, those two in particular, they, you can see it on their faces. They're exhausted after every game. You can see they're putting in 110%. They're absolutely spent. And it just doesn't seem like all the other players match that because if they did, I think we come away with the four points last night against the Giants. Johnny, what are your thoughts on uh, the game last night? Very frustrating. What do you reckon? Uh, it was just like, in, like watching a slow car accident. Just um, you. It was inevitable. You could see it happening. You knew it was going to happen. There was nothing anyone was going to do to stop it, and it just left you feeling pretty sick inside. Um, yeah, because I really enjoyed the first quarter. I think we were up against it early, and we managed to actually change the momentum mid quarter, which is what we've talked about previously. But then, second half was uh, second quarter, I should say, was okay, and third was third was third was good in the up until the. You got to the forward 50. We moved it really well. We kept it in there, just couldn't score. And then in the fourth quarter, we just um, shit the bed. You summed it up pretty well, I'd say. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say. It was, it was a strange game. I mean, I feel like under Teague, we've played a very sort of, I, I don't want to say counter-attacking game because I don't think that's accurate, but we've been very much a team that goes on the fast break. We try and get the ball in the 50 as quick as possible. Um, and it doesn't really live in our 50 very often. And that's totally fine because if it's not living in the 50 often, it's either you're kicking goals and it's going back to the centre or it's coming straight back out. But last night, it was it was different. It was um, The game was it seemed like it was in our forward half the entire game. I thought our back line did a superb job in setting up behind the ball. Um, they, I thought the entire defence, yeah, a few players had some shaky moments, but I thought... They were fantastic in their work just around the ground. You know, Weedering obviously was the standout. But um, I think it was a very good collective effort from that whole defensive unit. What were your thoughts on that, task? Because I thought it was really interesting to look at how we managed to lock it in our forward half. I don't think the tactics are poor. I think the tactics are good in the sense that we can work the ball up the ground well. When we get it inside 50, we lock it in. 
We had repeat entry after repeat entry after repeat entry. And the only issue with it was that we couldn't score. So it's, I don't think it's a, it's not an issue where like under Bolton, we were just so fucking boring under the, across the lines, slow build up, patient. Everyone's got to be in the right spot before we can do the next kick. This is more free-flowing football. When we get it in, we lock it in, but we just need to learn how to score. And I don't know whether that's getting right, the right players around the ball to crumb it at the bottom of the pack, whether it's efficiency going inside 50, but I know one thing's for sure, and I'm positive on this, it's not Teague's tactics. There's nothing wrong with Teague's tactics. And we'll get into it later about on-field leadership and how we can arrest momentum, but it's definitely not Teague's tactics. JB, what do you reckon? Yeah, it, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a fair point. I think, yeah, definitely under Bolden, it was just overcoached. You had people playing in just like standing there and you'd get angry as to why they're not moving. But yeah. it was more of a directive from Bolton, I think, that overcoaching and overmanagement. But yeah, with I think, yeah, to an extent, I think it isn't, definitely can't be on Teague, Teague's tactics. But you, I think you can put a bit of blame on Teague in mid-game, I guess, coaching. And like in that game sense, and we're and changing things up and and dealing with problems. I think that's where um, is a bit more of a contentious issue compared to his tactics because his tactics are great. Is yeah, it's obviously more free flowing. He's letting the boys play, letting their letting their skills and their footy smarts do the talking for most of it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, it's 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 definitely a big issue because obviously it's it's the, it's the coach that's meant meant to take you to a premiership. I think in at least within five years, we hope. Well, yes, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. I like your point, Tass, how, um, how well, both of you have said it's not necessarily the tactics. Um, I think it just comes down to skill level at the end of the day. I thought we were just unpolished. Um, we just couldn't kick goal to save ourselves, really. I think um, I think the outs we had in... Gibbons was the standout out for me. I think we missed him so much in that forward 50. I think he... This year with... He's so clean with the ball. I mean, if Gibbons was running in for that goal that Jack Martin just absolutely shanked in the last quarter, (laughs) Gibbons would have kicked a 99 out of 100 times. I would have thought Jack Martin would have, but I know for a fact Gibbons wouldn't have missed. Um, I think, yeah, we just need some players, some more players with cool heads in that 450 because we played like a top-end team last night in terms of our structure and our ability to hold the ball in our forward half. Not many teams can do that for the whole game because we consistently did. Even in the last quarter when we were getting pumped, that quarter was mainly played in our forward half again. So, I mean, when we're not... It's, it's so frustrating because we're not that far off, but we just can't get wins. We're a team that doesn't know how to win games and it's it, that's a skill in itself, knowing how to win a game. Um, and that's only going to um, get better as they play more games, but it's oh, it's frustrating to watch. Um, come soon enough. We've conceded four four straight goals in the last quarter. That's um, yeah, I think it. But I think it's yeah. As soon as the first one went yeah. through, it was oh, pretty we, much game we, over. We, I think. Yeah, it's not that it was game over. It's just we all knew. Well, but, exactly. Mm. We were still ahead after that first goal. We were yeah, still ahead. It yeah. took two. We, took we just two or three knew goals. what was going to happen. We knew what was going to happen. Yeah. They, these these. For four or five goal swings, they they they're so costly. I mean, it's separated us from being twelfth now to being potentially seventh or eighth in the and with a good shot of final. So, you know, it's something we're definitely going to have to work on. It's um, 
it's yeah frustrating is the only word i can think of but i'd like to ask you jb where to now so now i said it last week that the season was over but now we can safely say no finals yeah, definitely i think i mean mathematically, another, um... mathematically we can still do it but um it, it's season over you might need you might need another um might need another Essendon saga for us to just sneak in. Yeah, perhaps. Oh, the way Richmond's going, they yeah, might, they might get a family <laughs> <laughs> dream. But well, no, um, I think obviously, yeah, obviously you got to look to the um, you got to look to the future. Got to look to next year. Um, obviously, next year you have the hopefully have fans at the grounds. Hopefully, maybe they might have a more of a positive influence. I mean, look at the next three. You got next. We got three games left: Sydney, Adelaide, and Brisbane. I think two out of the three should be winnable, and just look to just work on the things that we haven't necessarily been that good at. And obviously going, and it should be going inside forward 50 and scoring. Do, do we play the kids? Do we bring the kids in now? Uh, I think not just anyone that hasn't been tried yet. Cause obviously, you know, I'm what they're saying was, was spots are going to um, condense and might mean more that have to get their listed. So what better way to see who's, who's made a what? Absolutely. What do you think, Tass? Do you think we bring in the young guys? Um, I'm going to make a bold statement here. And look, short answer, yes. I'm going to make a bold statement and say Creeps comes back to Melbourne. He, well, he needs a break. We'll just let him, let him, let him get the sunshine on the Gold Coast, but don't just let him have a rest. Not even that. He's obviously not in the right headspace and rightly slow. Right, Not rightly slow. <laughs> rightly so, considering what's going on with his partner. Um, he's not in the right headspace. He's, he looks... He looks tired. He looks wrecked. He looks injured. I think we should just give him the rest of the season off, come back rearing that preseason because it's not having him in the team is not adding anything now. Anything? So yeah, not, not playing really for anything. If anything, it's no. just putting us in a worse position in the draft. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> just wearing him. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Look, I mean, I, I'd like to see us make those changes. Bring in. No, it's not necessarily just bringing in someone like Owies who's been killing it and who I, th- I think should definitely get a go. I think it's a time where we've done it with Paulson. We've given him a shot. Two games now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'll see you laughing there, JV. We've given so him a shot. Actually... I, don't, I don't mind him him being brought in just for the fact that it's, a, it's the time of the year where players need to prove themselves. Players who are likely yeah. to be on the chopping block, they need to prove themselves. And there's no better way to do that then putting him into um, the seniors. So, I mean, Paulson, you know, good on him for getting a crack. I hope we see, I mean, I don't really hope we see this, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Lang come in, you know. Oh, it's, 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 Even it's, just for a rest as well, just to, for the longevity of the younger kids as well. Just one thing as well with them playing, they can obviously even maybe boost their value as well coming it, into the trade period. Absolutely. And, it, and it, it's just for us to see which of these mature mm. age, they're, well, they're not necessarily mature age, but, you know, they've been on the list for two, three, four years now. You know, realistically, most players, if they're not, they haven't made the grade by the end of their third year, they're, they're usually cut. So, I mean, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those, you know, frustrating players come into the side um, <laughs> just to give them that last sort of chance. I mean, I think that's why Polson did come in. I mean, he was in good form in the twos, but, I mean... Um, I can't imagine his position on the list next year is in um, in the best sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Secure. It's not as secure as he would probably yes, like. So it's not secure. I think there'll be a few players come in for that. 
Um, we'll go straight into the votes because we do have a a bit of a longer podcast for you today. We've got a few more talking points we're going to discuss. But um, so we're going to go straight into our votes. JB, three, two, and one. Hit it with hit me. Uh, I think it was pretty self-explanatory for at least three and two. It was definitely for me. Walsh obviously just kept trying, kept having the ball, kept using it pretty well, and um. Number two was Weedering, and by extension, at the back line as well. They did play pretty well, especially Weedering. You had Jeremy Cameron on him the whole night and restricted him to, like, five or six touches and no goals, I don't think. Seven touches, no goals, no marks. On a million dollars, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Funny thing is... More money can get you. Yeah. Funny thing is, it's it's Cameron had a bad night, not Weedering gave him a bath, and that's what pisses me off. Mm. Oh, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to do our best to recognise that. And then one vote was Cade Simpson as well. I think just the ever-present, ever-energetic little energizer bunny that he is just kept going and going and provided that run as well. So that's my 3-2-1. Uh, Tass? Uh, the three is pretty obvious. Walsh, just all class. Never makes an error other than the one early on where he kicked it straight to... Um, should he kick it straight to Williams or Hopkins? He, de- he definitely makes an error every now and then, but we just like to <laughs> look at I think. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, had 23, kicked a goal and four tackles. So, you know, pretty good for his size, I reckon. Becoming the average uh, for him two, now. Yeah, the average, it's above 20, surely. It's above 20 consistently. Be 20, 20 and a goal every week, just like him. Yeah, it's standard. Just a shout out to uh, Connor Rosie, who has now kicked less goals than Sam Walsh this year. That's on it. Tuss on a warpath. <laughs> I tried to get engaged, but it just didn't reply. Anyway, uh, two votes Weedering. What can't this man do? That's all we can say. And uh, one vote Kerno, just because he's purely a clubman. He took about five five hits in two minutes. It's probably an exaggeration. But Either that. About, yeah, yeah, I saw there's just that. And he kept getting up. He just, just yeah, kept getting his, up. Credit to his strength. He just kept getting up. He sums up what you, what you really want. You know, just grit determination. Nothing phases him. So one vote, Kuno. Yep. So I've got, I've gone Walsh three, Weedering two, same reasons as you guys. So reliable. Um, I've gone for the one vote. The one vote was tough this week. There were a few players that put their hand up for it. Um, I couldn't um, ignore how good defensively we were, even though we did cop those four goals in the last quarter. I thought defensively we was it was one of our strongest uh, performances yet, for three quarters at least. Um, and I thought. I've seen a few people were pretty frustrated with the, this guy's performance, but I thought he was fantastic. Tom Williamson, I, th- I think he's the kind of player who we've brought into the team and we've, we've put a lot of faith into him and he's been very much hyped up amongst the Carlton community for a few years now. And all the good teams, when they play football out the back half, they have that player who will who will just take the game on. Not necessarily run forward like Chris Yaron used to do for us. He will make that kick in board. And Hit you know what? Kick in between like five or so. And you know yeah. what? It, 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 it doesn't come off every time. It might come off only, you know, one every, one in every two times or two in every three. But you know what? Without doing it, it's you're playing just a negative. You've got a negative mindset. Down you've got to be line. able to take the game on. And I thought last night, um, Willow, he not only was he willing to take the game on, he he was brilliant in terms of the rebound 50s. I thought when he got the ball in his hands, the first thing, he used to just sort of hit the boot and not get much on it, and it would just sort of go anywhere. Last night, he would take those three or four explosive steps, considering how good his size is, 
and he would pump he, he'd pump it 50 55 meters down the wing and i thought without that we um we wouldn't have been so dominant in the territory battle so willow gets my one vote um i'm really enjoying watching his season so i was very happy with that but it's not all good things when we when we watch Carlton games it's not always a good time we're up to the blowtorch jb I'll let you go first. Who is your blowtorch this week? I was I was loving his game in the first quarter because he was looking dangerous. He was going after everything. He was making a contest wherever he went. But it's Harry Mackay. And I mean, I said last week about doesn't matter if you miss with Jack Martin, just take the shot. But this time it's you kicked one goal three and you're the main forward. Obviously, you lose by nine points. Yeah, you do the math, and I think you can't really blame hold. You can't really hold. You can't really hold him super responsible. But one of the play, he's your main forward. You're meant to be kicking bags. You had an opportunity to kick four. I know you're not going to kick all four all every time, but just he had the same same set shots in the same positions, and just kept missing. Just he he had more than four shots. Stay off the track and. Oh yeah, yeah. I think actually more than four shots. It would have had many more than four shots. shots. Yeah, so that's my boy talk. Like just, but it's 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 like another pandemic going around the whole league. No one can kick goals, so um obviously he's not the only one. But what would it be to be the only one? So so be the only one kicking goals. So did his game frustrate you more than McGovern and Levi, who were seemingly non-existent? Oh, them too as well. But I think it's all about taking the chances now. We, if you're good enough to get there, get the chances, take them. I'm, I'm sure. And I kind of picked on Harry Mackay because I, f- I figured you blokes would talk about them too as well. So, Fair who's enough. your blowtorch, Luke? Nah, I'll go to Tass. Tass looks like he's got a comment to make. Oh, I was just going to say, we'll go to your blowtorch first, but I was just going to say on McGovern, I think you need to cut him some slack on the first week back because we all know that he jumps he's very too early unfit. on the first week back and he just doesn't know what he's doing after he hasn't played for a while. But anyway, Luke, who's he's your very, blowtorch? Yeah, he takes a yeah. yeah, look, so I was going to go... I, I was just going to go the whole forward line, really. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to say that because um, it's too predictable. I'm going Polson, and I'm not just picking on him because he's Cam Polson, right? No player should get away with what he got away with last night. Oh, yeah. In the fourth oh, quarter... In the fourth quarter, the game is still well and truly in the balance... I know we were down at the time, but the game was still in the balance. Bobby Hill marks it, and a good three seconds later, he comes and just slaps the ball out. He says, thank God umpires are incompetent at their job. <laughs> because... They were thinking of... Because that should be... He kicked the goal anyway, so, I mean, at the end of the That's day, it was the same result. But I just can't believe it. And, you know... That, that, uh, can, yeah. that can cost you... In, I was, it didn't cost us that time because you we were already going to lose, but obviously in the future... Because what pissed me off as well... Was he put it? Uh, was it Hill? Was it Hill or coming? Bobby Hill, yeah. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Hill, yeah. He put his hand up to stop. Yeah, he's like, yeah, because yeah, st- it looked like because looked like Paulson just tried to grab him to hold him up. Like he put yeah. his arm up to to say he wasn't going to play just, on. So just just, just I'm, a I'm, bit of uh, a bit of between now. the ears on that one. And and you know what? And uh, while I'm on the umpiring, I'm going to make one comment because this bugs me. Why don't they give fifty meter penalties? For went for the real fifty meter penalties, not this stupid running within ten meters. There were so many times where the the umpire would say where the mark is, the player would stand two meters in front of that spot and just ignore the umpire, and the umpire would just let it happen. 
It happened for both. It happened both ways. It wasn't just like it was against us as well. No, it happened against GWS. Umpires need to take control. They're scared to call the game. They're scared. Yeah. This I think I reckon they're scared of the players because they should they should not be getting away with that. It should be fifty meters every day of the week, and yet they pay these stupid little ones where you're running, you're just trying to get back and help your team out. You're not yeah. even near the bloke, and they ping you. So I mean, no. yeah, you know what it's, it is, it's, Luke? It's, you know what it is. It's this pointing at the ground ahead of where the mark is. And the umpire feels like if the player runs to that spot, he said he's going to run there, so I'll let him run there. No. If the mark's two metres back and the player's pointing two metres ahead and he runs to that spot, he's run over the mark. It's a 50 metre penalty, mate. Yeah. All I have to do is play it once. I feel like, I feel like that, that rules, it feels like a pick and choose. It's like, yeah. oh, this week I'll, I'll choose to play him. Yeah, and this week a, I won't. Mate, that's every, that's when they every were first, rule in the game. That's every rule this year. It was year. like when they were first um, when they were first introduced, I think, in round one against Richmond, we have like three or four that came out of goals. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, this is great. If people keep screwing up, we're going to get easy goals. Yeah. And then they just forget to pick and choose. And then sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. And it's just, it's just one of the things I... I don't know, I'm going to say this. You kind of feel sorry for them because there's so many things to focus on. Yeah, just if you I, make yeah, it no, but that, oh, that's the it's it's their it's but, their job at the end of the day, you know. People mm, accountants have to do, have to focus on their job too, and they do they <laughs> they're not allowed to make mistakes, are they? Because then it messes with people. So yeah. an umpire shouldn't well, be allowed to make mistakes. We have to work mistakes. overtime too, mate. Exactly, exactly, mate. They've got two hours well, we a week. I'm sure they find <laughs> Tass, blowtorch, enough umpire talk. This is this is just um, boiling my blood. Yeah, I know. Standard. Like I could have gone the forward line too, and I did go the forward line. I went Casbolt. He needs to. He needs a rest. He's just not impacting at all. Even um, even acting as playing a second ruck, he got around the ground, but he bounced a, a couple of marks, bounced off his chest. He had butterfingers. Just he's not up to it anymore. He needs a break. I think. Um, I'm not saying he's not up to AFL standard because he is. He just needs a break. Um, maybe a rest and get to climb back in. Yep. Speak- see, what we're, see where we can go from there. Yeah. Well, just before we move on, speak. You spoke about the ruck. I thought Pinnay was was good. I thought he held his own against Mumford. I think. I think. I think, I think against Mumford. I think this game against those types. I think against those types where they're not necessarily athletic, which is the big burly guys, and I guess Mumford's the best ex, best best example of that. Pitney will do pretty well against them. So I can see, looking back here, I can see why I guess that maybe they. Didn't yeah. put to Carnegie and maybe he's just too young against Mumford. I was going to say, yeah. is, I guess, you, you got, we got to protect him really. Put him in bubble wrap. Which is which? Year, I, guess. I mean, which I mean, fair enough. And then put Pitney in, and and it was good. And he, he did play, I think, pretty well as well. Yep. All right. Before we truly move on, Tass has a little speech he has prepared. I think it's a bit oh, of a yeah. rant. I'm not sure. I'm excited to hear what he has for us. So. It's slight. I'm not going to do the full thing, but it's slight. <laughs> I was just, I was on, I was on t- the Twitter sphere last night, but to all the listeners, we're getting active on the Twitter sphere. So be sure to engage to, uh, to build their following and reputation. It's growing well. But anyway, I was on, uh, in some current Facebook groups and on the Twitter sphere and I heard a couple of things. So I'm going to start by playing the role of the baggers nuff and then I'll give my real opinion. So as the baggers nuff, this is some of the, uh, the interesting comments I read after last night's game. First of all, Teague can't change a game. Our forward line is dysfunctional. Week in, week out, we're wasteful. Cripps is not a leader. And Tom Papley will make us a finals team. These are some of the comments I read. There's people like this out there who just... Everything's negative. Nothing works. If we lose, that's it. Be all, end all. Then there's also... Fold the club. club Yeah, fold the club. Then there's also people that put the club on a pedestal 
can't do anything wrong. Um, you know, everything's going to work out. I don't care if we don't win a final in 20 years, we're still going to be a great club. There's not many people, sort of people in the middle. As well. There's not many people no. in the middle. <laughs> so basically, I'm just, I want to go through, take two minutes to dismantle each of these statements. Go ahead. I'm excited and, uh, to hear this. We, we already have, I guess, done that. Sense, but... I, reckon, I, reckon it's a, I reckon it's a new segment. <laughs> the Warpath. Warpath. That's a good one. I wrote it. <laughs> um, the first one, T can't change a game. T can change a game. It's just very difficult to change a game at the moment in the current circumstance. And and before, you go, on, before you go on, sorry. Yeah. He's the coach. Game, he's, he's not out there on the field. He's the coach. He can say to players <laughs> what to do. First game as well, we were down by 40-odd points and managed to win. Is that changing a game? Yeah, sorry, Tass, continue. But, but there are some... Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Some it is. I haven't seen it all the time. Uh, this is the falsified opinion. He can change a game and he's proven that he can do that. We are 12 and 15, I believe, under Teague now. I think so, yep. Yeah. I think 12 and 15. When's the last time we were 12 and 15 and had a record of 6 and 8 in a season? <laughs> I think well. the... 2013. It's probably, probably 13. Yeah, it'd be 13. Long, I think 2013, we had yeah. 2013, I think we had 10 or 10 to 12 wins, I think. So clearly, clearly the tactics are working. Now, the issue I have with people making this statement is first of all, how are we how are we getting messages from the coach out to the, 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 the players on the field during the game, not last year, but the year before? How are we doing it? The yeah, runner. The runner. Through the runner. When can the runner go on the field now? After a goal, after and how many goals are kicked? Only after and how many goals? Are kicked, how many goals? And how many goals are kicked in a, in a half of football these days? Maybe two. I think. Three. I think. I think in the in, in the GWS game, I think it was a, it was between both teams was about two fourteen for a yeah, yeah, portion I of it. So, yeah. Exactly. So take the, can't communicate his messages other than let's say at the at the breaks now on the three quarter time break um, and the boards. But you know who's looking at the board? The They're focusing boards. on the ball. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, T can communicate at quarter time, half time, three quarter time. His message at three quarter time, I don't know what it was. I'm hoping it was animated to say, we were in this position last week, don't stuff it up again. Maybe it wasn't that message because we did it. But I think that comes down to a lack of on-field leadership. Now, Agreed. I don't want to put it down to, and this is where Cripps is not a leader comes into it. I don't agree with that statement either. However... There needs to be a player, and I think it should be Doc, who says, right, considering he's been in the coach's box for the past two years, who That's says, a... right, I can see what's going to happen. I'm taking this, this game and we're slowing it down. We're taking the momentum back. This is this is something that needs to happen. And I thought about this all day. I was like, who's it, who's it going to be? Cripper's got it, but he does it a different way. He does it by, that's it. I'm tucking the ball under my arm. But, by example. Yeah. I was going to say, Cripps is a leader by example. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yes. his that's his formal leadership. I'm you know what? I'm putting a bloke the, in the ground. You, that's yeah. okay. You don't need to um you don't need to be a different kind of leader. If that's how you are, that's how you are. Yeah. Um and I think Doc should have taken some and Doc played a good game, don't get me wrong. But Doc should have taken some responsibility to say, That's it, I can see this happening. We've got to arrest momentum back, considering he's been like a coach. He should be a coach on the field. Um I'm not gonna go through the other ones, but I will say this. Eddie Betts. Um just want to say he, 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 he should be he should be leading us he leading us in that position the play, the game was yeah. played in our forward line he can't use the excuse the ball wasn't near me he's in he's in amongst the play all day sorry yeah. continue 
Um, and then the second one I was going to touch on is people that say the forward line is dysfunctional. No, the forward line is not dysfunctional. The entries into the forward line are dysfunctional. You can have 42 entries, but if they're not efficient, you're not going to get goals out of them. It's as simple as that. Now, goal kicking, yeah. Okay, Harry kicking 1-3. I saw on Eddie's Instagram story yesterday that they were kicking snags from the boundary line. Well, I don't care if you can kick snags from the boundary line. Kick them from Practice 30 out directly right in front, in front mate. mate. And then worry about kicking them from the boundary line. Um, the other thing is the situational stuff, you can't really coach that at the moment as in the, the, end, the, the links between the defence, the midfield and the forwards can't be coached at the moment because they're only allowed one contact session and one team session a week. And on a four-day break, you're not going to be worrying about that. You're going to be worrying about recovery and getting, getting, back to the, um, getting back to a fit state to be able to play. So that's what I'll say on those. I'm not going to go through the rest because we just don't have the time. Um, but, boys, what do you reckon? Do you agree? Do you think our forward line is dysfunctional? Do you think it's the entries? I think it's almost it's a like bit of both. I think forward, it's a bit of both. Sorry, go ahead, JB. It's almost it's almost like the forward line isn't dysfunctional, but the forwards are. If that makes sense, it's, it's the skill. forwards are just it's the skill level is what you're saying, yeah. is it? Like they're working well together to create the chances, but they're not putting the chances away. It's I just think overhandballing yeah. as well, you know. Oh, no just that overuse, just just coped it. But yeah, it goes back to my boy torch last week. Just take the shot. Yeah. yeah if you're I, in that situation, instead of turn instead of turning it over in the middle of the ground and the f- you turn it over and you get your whole team behind the ball. Luke, Always in that mean? instance. Yeah. So, so I, I was going to say, I, I think last night alone, the forward line was totally dysfunctional. Um, I think besides Harry, I, I would say Harry was the most non, the most functional in the term, in the fact that he was able to present consistently he was able to consistently get set shots. Whether he kicked them or not, that's another story. He definitely needs to work on it. But other than Harry, our forward line was atrocious. I, I don't I don't think... I, I, I know you said, you know, the quality of the inside 50s are a big factor, and yes, they are. But 42 inside 50s, we had several chances to kick more than one goal from those 42 oh, inside 50s. Do. You know, it's, yeah. it's inexcusable. Just... It's inexcusable, from my, in my opinion. Even just on like the basis of like probability and like I, I don't know if the maths would be correct, forty-two inside fifties for a goal. Surely just there would be more well, odds. Clubs clubs have forty-two to... inside fifties for a game. Exactly. And we had one. Yeah, we had it in two quarters or three quarters or whatever yeah. it was. But, but um, I just think I, I I seem to think that if you're just bombing it in there, like, doesn't help. And, and doesn't... there's and the game the game these days you got thirty-six players in the forward fifty at once. And and, and you're I think waiting in possession. And what we didn't take full advantage of, they had Phil Davis out, who's their obviously yeah. best defender and captain, and we still made them look like a premiership back six. Look, at the end of, at the end of the day as well, we've got to remember, we played a very different game to what we have been used to playing this season. The game was played totally in our forward half. And if we're being honest, I think playing the game in your forward half, it makes it a lot easier, but in a lot of ways, it makes it a lot more difficult because you're not going to have that space that we get when we play that fast break football. So I think that had a big factor into into it as well. We hadn't really played with this game plan. Well, we may have had the game plan, but we haven't executed it the way we did last night. And so our forwards probably just didn't know how to kick goals when there were, you know, 30 players in that 50. And you know what? It's, it's frustrating it is, as it is. You know, it's going to get better. I mean, as you said, McGovern first game back, Levi, no confidence, Harry seemingly no confidence. 
Eddie Betts, he's just... He's, he he looks like he's playing without confidence at the moment, and Zach Fisher just couldn't get near it. You know, we yeah. we definitely missed Gibbons. I think Gibbons in that forward line changes a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be very interesting to see if you had an Owies in there instead of a Betts. Would it have changed? Would it have been different? Yeah, I don't know. What if you put What if you put Lang in there? Oh, don't mate, no, don't no, excite no. me like that. If you like put that. Lang in there, if you put Lang in there, it's like playing with seventeen. Mate, he'll no, he he won't do anything, and then in the fourth he'll kick two goals and keep his spot for another month. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll move on. Bit... We'll move on. This remind me of the two games he had last year for four touches. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on. We've got we put out a little post um, after the game. We asked you guys, all the listeners, to send in any questions or comments that you had about the Blues, not necessarily about the game itself, but just about the club in general. And um, we got a fair, we got a good response from um, the listeners. So we're excited to talk about it. Um, I'll kick us off with the first one. Um, And this was from a man called Thomas. So shout out to Thomas. Uh, We appreciate the support. Um, He asked us, and we have touched on this slightly, but we will talk about it just a little bit more. He just, he was wondering what our thoughts on, a thought, oh, I can't even speak. Our thoughts are about David Teague. Um, he made the comment that um, he's coached 20, 26 games, is it? 26, 27 like games? At or? the point, at, yeah, at the, when he messaged yeah. us, he'd coached 26, so counting yesterday, 27. Obviously. So 26, and, you know, he had a pretty decent record, but he he just wanted to get our opinions on, you know, sort of his persona, not his, pers- his personality and, sort of his attitude when he's, you know, around the media and in his interviews and whatnot. So what do you, what do you think about Teague in terms of that stuff, uh, Tass? Um, it's nice to say some positivity, I guess, but it's a, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that I like to see a coach pissed off when we lose. So I, I don't necessarily, wasn't... yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily like the way Alistair Clarkson goes about it where he just blames the other team. But um, I'd like to see him pissed off. And I think I didn't actually... I couldn't I couldn't stand the thought of watching it last night, so I didn't. But I caught the last 30 seconds and he looked disappointed, which for me was good. But Tom, you're right in the sense that in previous losses, he hasn't looked disappointed. He's always just gone like oh, we've got to go back and work on this. We'll, we'll review that. We'll make sure we review it and come back next week and do better. Mm. For me, that doesn't cut it. For yeah. me, it's like, no, these players didn't play their role. Call them out because otherwise they're not going to improve. These players didn't play their role. We're going to review it and we're going to make sure that we don't do the same thing next week. It was really disappointing and I'm really upset about it. That's what I'd like to say. Obviously, not all the time because when, when we play positively and lose, you can't really do that. Yesterday, I would have hoped. I didn't actually watch it. So, yesterday, I would have hoped he was angry, at least. JB, what do you think? Um, I mean, you just go back to what we had before. You had Bolton and Malthouse just trying to... Almost speaking in code previously. And I think it's nice to just... Most of, most of the time, Teague at least just says what... Tells it like it is most of, most of the time. I think when it's nice to, at least. And, um, yeah, obviously, like Tass said, you would like to see him angry after... a bad loss or a disappointing loss but I mean yeah if you can't just it is what it is I think with him I think he's just very straight to the point I think it just doesn't speak in code which is what we've had before and what 
had angered us previously. Mm. Luke? Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I This does not reflect on my opinions on in terms of what he does on uh, for in terms of game plans and whatnot. But I cannot watch... And I, I can't watch his press conferences or interviews or anything. I, I think he's just so plain. He's got no substance about him. Um, and I, 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 I genuinely, I, I don't listen to them because they will pull me to sleep. I just want to click off it if I was on it. So I, I, I just rely on, you know, write-ups from the, those interviews and whatnot because I can't seem to sit down and um, listen to it. But then, as you say, I do prefer that, prefer T sort of attitude compared to a Clarkson who who has now claimed that the draft is, isn't fair as soon as Hawthorne conveniently have to start a rebuild. So, you know, we're not getting rubbish like that from Teague, which is nice to see. But, you know, yeah, I, I don't find his attitude that appealing. I think, I, I think a coach needs to be able to fire a, a team up. And I don't know if Teague has that in him. I mean, the players certainly respect him and they love him. Um, but you can't be their best friend and be the best coach. I think I think there's there's yeah. got to be that fine line. Um, so that's my opinion on his attitude. And then in terms of the results he's produced, do you consider his season so far a success? I'll start with you, JB. What do you think? Do you think his season um, has been a success? Because I mean, if you look, if you looked. At the start of the season, after what we had, you'd think you'd want to be around around the eight, at least tenth, tenth to twelfth. That's why I always thought we'd finish around. We wouldn't necessarily make it, but we'd be in the running and we'd be competitive in every game and almost have a chance to win. I think, apart from two games, which I think is, the, I'd say the St Kilda and maybe the, I'll go probably just probably the Richmond one. I think we never really had a chance to win because it just either. In Richmond's case, we were too good, and St Kilda's case, we were terrible. And every other game, we've been in a position to win. And I think just taking that next step would be important next year as well. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, I'd rather obviously not have us go 0 and 18 or 1 and 18, like Adelaide, 1 and 17, sorry, like Adelaide are probably going to go. But um, yeah, it's it's all right, I think, if you put in a word. So, Tass, do you think Teague's had a successful year? Yes. Quite okay. frankly. Quite frankly, yes. Because I wanted to say, look, at the start of the year, did you did, you can't sit here and seriously think that we were going to be playing finals. Mm. I think yeah, as a sure. supporter, as a logical supporter, our goal was to be around that 9 to 13 range. And I say that range because, quite frankly, the difference between 9th and 13th is never really much anyway. Um. So I think, yeah, if we finish ninth to 13th, we better not drop below that because that'll be, you know, abysmal. Um, but yeah, look, I'm taking six and eight at this point. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, I'm going but I'm taking six and eight. If you told me pre-season we would, we would be six and eight, I would probably have said thank you very much and taken it yeah. without a doubt. I think, um, I think it's definitely a big success for him. I think... Something we're forgetting is before COVID and, you know, in the pre-season, before round one, uh, people had us pinned as wooden spooners again. People had us yeah. at 17th. Yeah. Us, us and Gold Coast as the bottom two sides yet again. Yeah. Yeah. We, people have totally forgotten about that. And 
you know, obviously Carlton, we're a big club. The media loves to get on our backs. And I think the reason why people are forgetting that, you know, we aren't making finals is because we did show that we can play some really good footy. And just because now we've dropped a few games, which, you know, in reality, I'm not surprised because I did think we'd be in that 9 to 13 range. I think people are, um, are sort of going against us. So, I mean, I say, I think it's a win. I mean, compared to Bolton, we've actually got a game plan by the looks of it, which is a nice surprise because with Bolton, we were just head- running around like headless chooks. So, big win. Tass, you have... Was... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just want to make one more point before we go into the uh, the Twitter sphere. Um, I was actually looking at, you know, how we had that that increase in ladder position between seven to eleven, and we peaked at in two thousand eleven at fifth. It was actually interesting. On five and six, we were, we were last and consistently last, and then eight we were fifteenth, nine we were eleventh. No, nine. Eight, eight were 11th. Eight were 11th, 2008. And then nine. Nine, we were 7th. 2010, we were 8th. Then 2011, we were 5th. That looks eerily similar to what What's is happening. happening. Well, it's just a matter of whether we can, um, I guess, just stay on the path that we're on because I think what happened then in that situation was we, we, we didn't commit to sort of one approach to how we wanted to move forward and it came back to bite us. So, I mean, let's, let's hope we can only hope at the end of the day when we're not involved in the club and the decisions they make. So that's all we can hope for. Tass, you have some more statements, questions on Twitter. We'll fire through these. Yes. With them. So start off with our old friend, Jack Alfonso. Shout out to Jack. Uh, thanks for reaching out, mate. He goes, do you reckon the losing is okay mentality from the Bolton era is a driver behind the players' inability to step up when required? But when, uh, when required. Sorry yes. <laughs> Big yes. Good, it's, it's, good teams like don't accept shackles, losses. Gotta, yeah, that's the thing. I think we're past that stage where we should be losing is okay. And that's, and that's what I think has been the more difficult thing to take about this year. There's been so many games where we're in positions to win and we just wasted it. I know it's all nice to say, well, yeah, I'll take being six and eight, but we could have been 10 and six Absolutely. easily. Great question, and then Jack. Just That's because, a really good point. Just because, and just because you were last last year, second, third, last last year, doesn't make it okay to not take your chances just because you're better than where you were. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good on you, Fonzo. Really good point, mate. Um, next up, we have YT Zoa, who goes, we probably won't be able to do five each, but he goes, who are the top five players you want to see come into Carlton in the next couple of seasons? And who are the five you want to delist or trade? If you can give me two each, I'll be happy. So when you say come in, are we talking players we're going to go for like via trades or free agency? Or types of I players? Just, I just think, no, no, he, I think he wants specific players, but so not necessarily through free agency or trade. Just so who, just who do you want to see come in? Who do you like? All right, can I can I kick us off, JB? You go. Yeah, you're, you're pretty keen. I want Zach Williams. I think he's going to be perfect for the Blues. And I that's th- and I th- sorry, go yet. Yeah. So, okay. I think that's why we needed to win against the Giants. Just like, hey, mate, we're better than you. Come over. Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> my theory, I, my theory for the reason why we've been struggling to get trading targets over the past five years or whatever it's been, 
is that, you know, yes, big fan base. There's always hype about us, you know, with this rebuild, it's going to be massive. But we've never shown on the field that we can play good football. And that's got to be a big factor in in players wanting to come to the club. And I think now we have shown that we can play good football and I'm hoping that that attracts Zach Williams because we can play him either. I, I'd like to play him off the halfback line. I think he's a perfect uh, replacement for Simo. I know Nick Newman needs to come to, come into the side, but the, real, the reality is I think if it's between him or Williams, Williams comes in 100%. Um, he's, he's an elite ball user. He's, he, he's like Williamson in the fact that he's not afraid to take the game on. Um, so Williams for me is one. The other one, if we're looking in the immediate future, I'd love to see us get in Ollie Wines. I think actually no, no, I've got someone ahead of Ollie Wines. Brad Crouch, unlikely we're getting, but I really rate Brad Crouch. He's so much better than his brother Matt. Um, he's he's one. Of, I really think Brad Crouch is one of the most underrated midfielders in the game. I feel so sorry for him at Adelaide right now. You know, besides him and Sloan. Um, they don't have much in that midfield. Ben Keyes is a glorified spud. And Matt Crouch, <laughs> just, mate, stop getting stats. Just do something useful. So, yeah, Brad Crouch and uh, Zach Williams for me. JB? JB? Um, I think what everyone's pretty much been saying, oh, you'd, you'd love to have Chris Judd back in that team. Prime peak Chris Judd in that midfield. Wow. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take a... Um, I think... I probably just get that Papley deal done. I think, I think his just him being in the forward line just to clean it up, take the chances, and be a A grade goal kicker. I think would prove to be good. Another one, I maybe. I think you you don't really need, but with tall forward, I think we have an abundance of tall forwards. So I think yeah. maybe Diapoi, another big bodied midfielder. I think they say Setterfield and Kennedy are meant to be those big bodied midfielders, but. We'll, I think we'll they haven't shown it yet. So. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, but, what about so, going out, boys? Who do you think? Who do you think can we trade? Use as trade bait or delist it? Okay, so as trade bait, as trade bait, Lockie O'Brien, yeah. send him off somewhere. He's not going to get a game in our team. Let's be let's be honest. Um, Paddy Dow's nice trade guy, bait. Though. Paddy Dow's trade bait. I don't necessarily want to see him go. I'm very optimistic about him, but he's trade bait at the end of the day. Um, in terms of delisting. Jeez, where do you start? Darcy Lang, number one, get out of the, get out of the club, mate. You, you're no good. Um, number two, Hugh Goddard, you, you're irrelevant. Um, yeah, he's just a bit too slow. I think I think if McCready doesn't come in uh, and hey, prove something, he's yeah. done. Um, oh, there's there's more there's more. I can't think of them off the top of my head. And and the, the thing is. We don't know with list changes going forward, so there, there's going to probably be a fair few that have to get chopped. So, yeah, you know, and, and moved it, on. Yeah, sorry, JB, you go ahead. Oh, sorry, you continue. I was just going to say, or moved on, but um, um, yeah, trade bait because yeah, you don't really want to see him go unless you don't really like him. And I've enjoyed Dow at his best and Weedering, not Weedering. Um, uh, what's his name again? O'Brien as well. Like, like when they've played well, when they've had good games, you really want, and you really want to see him play well. I can see Brisbane last year. Yeah, you kicked that goal. He actually had a pretty good game. Um, thing apart from them, it's hard to walk because he's your forwards. Yeah. We do have an abundance of tools, but I don't think you can trade. You can't trade Mackay and Kerno. Obviously, yeah. I don't think Casbolt has much value. So. I, I was in gonna, that I, sense. 
I, it's a good all point, of, all, of last, well. all of last year, I was saying, we got to get rid of Zach Fisher, trade him, trade him, trade him. And my opinion has totally changed given his move into the forward line. I, I did not rate him in the midfield one bit. And I thought he's perfect trade bait because the whole AFL can, the whole AFL world seems to think he's got something special. I didn't see it in the midfield. But since moving forward, I wouldn't give him up in a heartbeat. So that's another one I thought especially, I should Especially in half forward, in between, in the yeah. transition, his skills. And he's got, yeah, he's got wonderful feet. Yeah, so he moves well. Got a nice. He's changed dance my step. opinion significantly this season, which has been good to see. Yeah. Um, next question is for me. It was like for me bringing in. It's going to be a bit left the centre, but I won't go there now. We'll leave it to the end of the year, um, just purely for a time restriction sort of thing. Next question came from Mark O, which is who has moved on at year's end? Who's on the table? I guess we sort of just addressed that. Yeah, so it's the that. Lang, Lang Lob. Um, Lobbers in Lockie O'Brien, um, sort of the types who, who are just the usual, not the even usual on the fringe yet. The usual culprits. Hugh God, I'd get out suspects. of the club. Um, I don't be so mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> He's been all right on the toes. Dan McGuinness goes in regards to our our ability not to uh, finish games off. Goes, it's an attitude problem, not ability. Barring the St Kilda and Richmond games, we were in control of the game and winning positions. It's a mindset thing. You guys inclined to agree with that? JB? As he takes um, a swig of water. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's because it's... You had, the, you had the opportunity, you just didn't take it. it. It probably can be a skill thing and choosing, making the right decisions and as well. I think you have to be a bit of both. It'd be mentally to know you can win and and then make the right choices under pressure and to win the game. And then as well as skill, obviously, to execute. And I think a couple of times I haven't really done that because I think against Melbourne, we just wasted it too often as well. So I think, yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a 50-50 between those two, definitely. I'd say, I'd say it, it could definitely be an attitude thing. I, I think the next step for um, Teague as coach is to really come up with a clear game plan to stop those got those four or five goal swings um and and who we don't know maybe he has come up with that but the players just failed to produce it on the on game day so um yeah i mean it's a it's either an attitude thing or not necessarily an attitude thing but maybe it's just more of a inability to a, to change game plans mid quarter you know yeah. You know, it's it's not surprising that um, footballers don't can't you know sink it into their heads. Some it, some footballers seem to be an average that. person. And I think uh, we saw that this morning on the um, Gold Coast uh, um, nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <Silly> <laughs> who would have thought that an AFL footballer would have their card declined? Come on, mate. He's quite. So what happened? Oh, Stacks card so declined many... in the kebab shop. Mate, what? you can't afford two kebabs. Seriously. Too many, too many, too many TikToks, too many, mate. And too many other things in the uh, in the endless hours of the morning on the Gold Coast as well. Oh, but we won't we won't go there. Right, anyway, any more questions? Um, yeah, there's a few more. We'll get I'll get through three more and then we'll um we'll go. So Mitch goes, where do we look to improve for next year? JB? I think I think it's just, I think we were just said a couple of times before, just being able to take the opportunities and stay in those winning positions. Because we've been in winning positions in 
more games than we've won. So obviously it means you're doing something wrong and losing them. So I think just being able to take that pressure as well and just win the games. Yeah, for me, just rewarding the effort at the end of the day. So, yep, basically everything you said. Yep. You and Morton goes, who has got what growth in them? So, as an example, he's provided big H has stacks of talent. It's a shit kick for goal. Improves by better conversion rate. And he's also offered a way to fix it, which is a bloody good point. He goes, well, yeah, not only Sav, Sav would work, but he goes, for me, it's a straighter approach and less thinking around the corner. Which is a fair enough point. Yeah, just and just um, more so, of a more of a routine that you can yeah. fall back on. Stop letting the ball is, slide off your foot, mate. That's the start. <laughs> yeah. Kick kick the shit out of it because when he kicks the shit out of it, it goes straight. Otherwise, yeah. he's got that natural left to right. Um, anyway, like so, the, so who's the goal against them? Yeah, so, getting back to the point. So the, sorry, the goal against uh, St Kilda. Yeah, the snap from so fifty. Getting getting back to the actual question, and then I'll ask. I'll, I'll, the Ian Prendergast made a good point in reply, which we'll get to. Um, he goes, who's got, the, who's got what growth in them? So give me someone who you think has an extreme ability to improve. Okay, so two players, Paddy Dow and Tom Williamson, same thing, just kicking ability. I think if they can nail their kicks, they're going to be special. Williamson, we've seen it, what he can do. Dow, I think, with his explosive, um, explosiveness in the middle, if he can nail some kicks, I can just picture some amazing sort of centre bounce stoppage work where he the ball gets tapped down straight to him and he just sort of blasts through and Runs hits the target target up straight on the chest. Um, I think I think for those two, if they can just work on their kicking more and more, they they could really take their game to a whole nother level. That's that's for me anyway. Um, for me, I think I'd oh, I can focus saying setter field because I think he's only played thirty odd games. I think he still needs time to really thirty yeah. So um, just and needs time to keep you, keep improving. These are the players you want to see the growth in, though. So this is good. And this comes. Yeah, to the next him point, and though. and then and as sorry, and one more. I think, but I think it's not. It's I think it's more mindset as well. Um, Patricia Seaton just playing in the wrong position as well. I think obviously a change of position. I think would be a lot better for him. Obviously, you can see what Teague wants from him in that position, but I don't think he's the right person. Yeah, so that goes on to the next point made by the Ian Prendercast. Shout out to the boys down there, Sean, uh, Sean, Tim and Fab. A bit of an inspiration for me in starting this, getting on board this podcast. So uh, love your work down there, gents. Um, they've said our biggest growth area is consistency. We've got a lot of kids with ability and we need to see it more often. So for me, I guess that, yeah. that's sort of, that, that's two things. So obviously, they're all top draft picks that we've got sitting waiting in the wings but for me for them to be able to show consistently we've got to give them the chance to to show the consistency we put like for example played cunningham one game in the middle against s and then he had 28 absolutely killed it the next week he was back on the forward flank so we're not really giving him a chance to build on his great game and then you've got people like sam petrovsky satan who's a number five pick as an inside midfielder and he's playing on the halfback flank and, and then, and then like you have so, someone like Mark Murphy who is afraid to lay a tackle in the midfield. Like no, nothing against Murphy, but you know he's playing he's playing decent footy. But at the end of the day, he can do exactly what he's doing not in the center in the center square. You know, so this is do, what I mean. Play that same role in the forward line, yeah, in the back line. So like that's what I'm saying. Definitely, the have the kids have to show more consistency. And people like Matt Kennedy and um, 
Setterfield's starting to now, but people like Matt Kennedy, David Cunningham, those sort of guys who have been on the list a while, they need to start showing consistency. But are we giving them the opportunity, I guess is what I'm asking you, to build on this statement? No, is, we're not. Are we giving them the opportunity to show that consistency? No, and that's what I think has been the mo- one of the most frustrating things for us. One thing I, th- I think, now don't quote me on this, because as I said, I don't really watch the Teague's uh, press conferences and whatnot. But I, th- I believe I saw somewhere he said they're going to continue playing the best 22. And if they do, I'm going to be really annoyed because right now is the time you play young guys in their natural positions and let them have free reign. You see what they've the got. Boys play. Because you're not, you, it's not every day where you have AFL games that at the end of the day, they, mean, they don't mean much. They don't mean much at all for us anymore. So you've got you to give them the shot. And we haven't done that this year. What do you yeah, definitely. It's just the, the the Cunningham one is the one that is the one that really exemplifies that. Is yeah, best game ever. His career best, obviously, twenty eight touches and almost a goal, two goals. He won us that game. Something. He won us that game. But I think yeah. his 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 winning it in the midfield yeah, definitely did so. And then yeah, just give him a chance. And then even then, if you have obviously, it's better to have more players that can play midfield. Because imagine you could have Crips going forward for longer. It'd be he'd be a lot better if he could kick a set shot as well. But it means it takes a load off him, takes a load off older guys like Colonel and Murphy as well. You can keep obviously you can keep rotating, but don't give him the chance to. Yeah. Um, another point my dad made as well, which I'm gonna bring up, is the coaching staff. Now, there was a decision that was made over the preseason, over the off-season, that Patrick Cripps needed to slim down. Nothing against Andrew Russell, because I think he's been fantastic for our club. But the decision to slim Patrick Cripps down and make him a more mobile midfielder, I think, was probably the worst decision that we've made this year. Patrick Cripps is a midfield bull, a contested bull beast, breaks tackles. Big fella. Massive player. I want to make a quick comment on that. Now, I I get really angry when, before games, and I can understand why it happens, they compare him statistically to guys like Patrick Dangerfield and Dustin Martin because at the end of the day, he's a totally different player. He's not in the team to extract the ball, run 20 metres, exploding out with elite pace and hitting either a target you know, on the run 20 metres out from goal okay, or, to, or to kick the goal himself. He's there to get the ball out for the player on the outside to do that for him. And I yeah. think that's... I think that's been a big factor. I think in terms of slimming him down, I think that decision was based off the fact that we want him to be more like Dangerfield, Dustin Martin, Nathan Fife, and be able to change the game in all areas of the ground. When in reality, he's a master at what he does. He doesn't doesn't need to do all the other stuff. Yeah, don't be a jack of all trades, but master of none. I think it goes to the extra point where... I mean, we're blaming him for trying to do too much. Maybe that could have been a directive from upstairs. From just box. that, you, know that you need to do this, 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 and then this, which but the thing is, might be... Um, he, his, his mistakes, much like I mentioned with Plowman a couple of weeks ago, his mistakes are always going to be amplified because he's Patrick Cripps. Yeah. Realistically, how often do we get annoyed with him for doing too much? It's once every month. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good if you're an AFL footballer for people to be complaining about you once a month. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting point. I think there's a few assistants there that also we've been hearing the same voice for too long. 
um, and we could do with a bit of a refresh. But anyway, that's a chat for an end of the season, I reckon. Right. Um, that's uh, that's pretty much it on the right. Twitter sphere. That's all we can get to this week. Right, keep, so keep sending them in, guys. We really appreciate the support, and um, we'll try and get to more next week if we didn't get to you this week. And while we're talking about the listeners, while we're talking about the listeners, shout out to we've got a few international fans listening because we get to see the statistics. We see that there are people, and I'm going to list off some countries that I was surprised to hear from: the United States, the UK, Brazil. Mexico. Brazil's the one that tipped was me. Colum- was there a Colombia in there too? No, at one stage? Cambodia. Cambodia. One, 1% of our listeners are from Cambodia. So if you guys are listening, and there were a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head, but if you're listening, shout out to you guys. It's it's pretty bizarre that we're going global. You, I wouldn't have believed that <laughs> when we started this up, but great, big shout out to you guys. Um, we're going to move on because we it is getting on. We're, we've just passed the hour mark, I think. So we'll move on and we'll get through the last few segments as quick as we can unlucky moment of the week jb explain to the listeners what you did um obviously yeah obviously podcast you want to have good equipment make sure make sure you're saying nice I'm, I'm sure i'm i hope i'm sounding a lot nicer this episode but i originally bought this microphone before the last episode and i thought i had it connected i thought yeah yeah this is going to be really good i'm going to sound really great it's going to be a lot better and then at the end of the show, at the end of the show, I think something happened with the with the program. It ended up actually using the microphone, and then just kind uh, of the realization that I was using my AirPods as the microphone, and then just the just the sinking feeling I had. Just oh, damn it, yeah, get and, all hyped up and. And do you want to explain what happened right at the start of this recording? I had to turn around the wrong way, so I didn't really sound that nice. I, you my the quality, the quality will change, the quality will change. Um, at early the, on, but at around yeah. the two at around the two minute mark, you'll see significant increase in quality. I'll just say that. Yeah, so it's <laughs> not um. Always, yeah. Maybe I'm just a dinosaur. Technical technology isn't my strong suit, but um, yeah. I just had just getting really all hyped up and then being disappointed. I think just um, pun parcel as being a Carlton fan. I think. Uh, all right, we'll move on. Parallels. Send, send in unlucky moments, guys. We, we, we'd love to hear them. Now, for the opposition report, we're going up against Sydney. Uh, Sydney are currently sitting 15th, I believe, on the ladder. They're one game behind us, so it's all very close in the bottom eight. We're going to go through each line, um, one line each. We're going to just go one minute each because we're running out of time. Um, I'll, go, I'll start with the back line for Sydney. Um, they're a team quite opposite to how we played against the Giants. They like to keep the ball in the back 50 and they're very happy to just keep the ball in their back 50 and then they just rebound and counter-attack with quick breaks. And they're, they've become a very difficult team to score against, even against the best teams. They're, they're holding them down pretty well. Um, they have Lord, Jake Lloyd, who's one of the best rebounders in the league, and Callum Mills, when he's back there, is just as good. But he didn't play this week, so he may be in a bit of doubt. Um, they've also got um, Harry Cunningham and Ryan Clark who play that rebounding role. They've got Alir Alir, Lewis Malikin, um, Thurlow and Fox playing the shutdown roles. Um, so it's not the best tall lineup down back. But then they have um, Tom McCartan and Jordan Dawson who sort of swap from forward and back. So it's a, it's a, it's a good back line, with, but it's not a great back line. I think it's just more the structure that works well for them. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go. And they've got no Dane Rampey. So 
Um, it should be good. Who's on the mids? Tass, you on the mids? I am on the mids. Um, apologies, guys. I've just spilt water all over my phone. So <laughs> if, you, if you heard a bit of a ding, then uh, that's my fault. Better make sure it doesn't get near the computer to ruin the recording. Um, anyway, so the Sydney midfield, I was going to say they're not firing as much as they would sound like they would be on paper, made up of Luke Parker. Luke Parker, I can't speak tonight. Josh Kennedy, Carl Sinclair, and a couple of youngsters in James Rowbottom and Ollie Florent, who's having a, a better year. He's Ollie Florent. He's really shown a lot this year. Um, particularly of note, obviously, Kennedy and Luke Parker, who are clearance beasts. They both go at about five clearances a game and six tackles each. So if we can nullify at least one of them, um, I think that gives us a good chance of winning the midfield battle. Um, in terms of around the ground, obviously they're quality players, but having said that, the disposal efficiency isn't that great. So they go at about 60%. So if we apply the pressure on both these players, um, I think that'll go a long way to nullifying their impact and us winning the midfield battle, creating a bit of space. Um, on James Rowbottom and Ollie Florent, James Rowbottom is having a much better year. I think he's in his second year now, is James. Um, Victorian boy is having a much better second season, having a, a lot more of an impact. Great year. Uh, having a really good, yeah, really good year. Um, and Ollie Florent as well, he's showing a lot of run off the half forward line. Um, I guess winger, winger sort of role, yeah. transition to the half forward. His entries inside 50 are excellent and something we definitely need to watch out for. So he gets a lot of inside 50s that is probably something that we should try and nullify, not necessarily through a tag, but through the pressure and limiting his options, I guess, going forward. JB, forward line. Forward line. Um, yeah, what I was watching, I did end up watching the game against Melbourne, and what I noticed was they were very, very efficient going forward. As you said before, they like to keep it locked in their back half. So, being just got to watch out for their efficiency inside forward fifty because they definitely they played very well against. I mean, it was Melbourne. I think we I don't know we lost to them, but they made they took advantage of the wind that game and. They're very efficient inside forward fifty. I mean, they've they're I say they're big forwards. Is, I guess just Sam Reid and I think Tom McCartan. If he, yeah. So I think I feel like a back six would do pretty well against them if they're on. But um, you never know what can happen. I think we have to watch out more for their, their midfielders. Obviously, um, I think yeah, with the forward lines, not much to really say because there's no there, there's no Franklin that's going to kick ten on us again. No, no Franklin and no, um. He... Tom no, Haney as well is Tom is Papley one of, is obvious. Tom Papley forgot Papley as well. Obviously. I think, but the the biggest yeah definitely the biggest threat I think is Papley because I think we have struggled. We still struggle I think with smaller forwards because I think our defenders are aren't yeah the best <laughs> at that. I don't want to I don't want to name names. Um, right. Yeah, I'm just more worried about uh, maybe even Sinclair getting over Pitnet as well. In the, if he decides to go forward and. Um, make him play defensively as well. So I feel like they're it's it's on the Carlton back line to make to make the most of um their forward line not being uh, being depleted at the moment. So yeah. Okay. I'm going Carlton by twenty four. Tass, what's your prediction? You're on mute, mate. I can't hear. Oh no. Uh, you know what my prediction is? Carlton, Carlton by, by three goals. <laughs> um, it's it's a tough one. I think I still feel like we're just gonna it's gonna be close. We're gonna cop a four goal swing somewhere. 
Come on. Give me, um, we're, we're running out of time. Give me, give me a moment. Okay, we've got to get I'm to running out of time. I want to build up the suspense. Andrew Dimitri at the Brown lifestyle. Mate, hurry up. Um, get on with it. What are you doing? Nah, 20 <laughs> points. 20 points. All right. All right. We'll move on to the Forgotten Blue. Um, I'm doing the Forgotten Blue today. So we've got three and a half minutes. I'm going to fire through it. Good luck at all, for all the listeners. This player was born on the 19th of December, 1992. He played football in the Niefel for the club Labrador as a junior. After 20, 2012, he moved to South Adelaide in Sandful, where he played as a tall attacking defender. Carlton picked him up at 22 years of age with pick 41 in the 2015 rookie draft. He played two games at senior level. He was delisted in this? October 2015, the same year he was picked up. Throughout his career in all competitions, including in the AFL, he stood out for his uncanny ability to kick long torpedoes. Due to this, before being drafted oh. by Carlton, he considered becoming a punter in the NFL. JB. I think I've got this. Give me, give it's me. one of the two. I always, forget, I always get it mixed up. It's not Tom Fields. What's, what's your other Something option? Fields. What's your other Brad option? Brad Walsh. Well, having, which one do you think it is? Tom Fields. Tom Fields. Well done. Oh, ding. Get ding, around ding, him. Ding. He, he, could, he could roost him. I always thought he'd hit the roost. Yeah, but that's all he could do, though. Isn't, isn't that <laughs> stiff? Roost. Isn't it stiff, though? He was picked up in 2015 and delisted at the end of 2015. You don't see that these days. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. God. I, 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 th- I think we should see more of it. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. All right, so we're going to leave things there. Um, please keep uh, sending in your messages. We love hearing them all. Um, we're running out of time, so we'll wrap it up. Until next time, go Blues. <laughs>